don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Michelle. I'm talking really slow. Kirsten. <laughs> that was really fast. <laughs> um, we're back. Story time. Again. For this week, it's Wednesday. Yeah. Hump day. It's actually Saturday, but. Yeah, but we don't have we to don't say that. that. <laughs> Hump day. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Do you remember when that was, like, a big thing? Dude, yes. Um, hump day! When people still say hump day, I'm like, like that's so, like, <laughs> forever ago. Yeah, but it day. still is, like, I just said it, so whatever. Yeah. If you don't know what hump day is, it's if you know, you know. It's the middle okay. of the week. Yeah. Hump, it's a hump. There you go. Kirsten explained it. There, me. like, used to be a commercial where it was, like, a, a It was camel. a camel. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's commercials anymore? I have streaming services and I don't have commercials, which I am so thankful for. Why are, okay, but why are TV shows like supposed to be 30 minutes long, but they're really only like 17 minutes and the rest is like commercials? commercials. Anyways, moving on. I feel like kids nowadays don't know what commercials are. They're like, commercials, what's that? Because they have all the streaming services. Dude, remember like all the cool commercials? Like when you would watch like Disney or Nickelodeon. All the oh, commercials yeah. were like the Super Bowl. Well, I was just thinking about all the cool toys I used to see going back oh, on yeah. kids. Because, like, when you were a kid, you're like, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Mm-hmm. My mom used to get, like, the catalog for Christmas and have me circle things I wanted on it yeah. just for fun. Or, like, my name's Kirsten and you're watching Disney Channel. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Dude, how many times did you do that as a child? So many Same. times. Okay, let's move on. I don't want to do too much ranting in the beginning. Um, but it's a story time, and it's me. It's Michelle. It's my turn. It is Michelle. Thank God Kirsten's here. Um, still here. I'm kicking. Still here. Not sick yet again. Thank goodness. People with kids, man, they're always sick. I'm never sick. I feel like I never get sick, but, like, when it hits you, it hits you hard. <laughs> kids are dirty. That's why people with kids, kids get are, sick. Kids are <laughs> filthy and gross they'd be picking their nose and like touching inside their mouth after they just touch something else you know i'm not saying i don't like kids i'm just saying they're gross i don't like kids you always said that you're like i'm never gonna have children i don't like children you 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 go you can years later you got two you cannot like kids but still love your own kids i don't like kids i don't like other people's kids sometimes i don't even like my kids but i love them (laughs) I'm going to, they're my babies. Yeah. I feel like we've been ranting for so long. I know. Um, okay, so let's just move on. Wait, my... one more thing. Oh, yeah. Before, um, um, since we're talking about kids, mm. the other morning, Jeffrey woke me up by smacking me in my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally smacking me on my forehead. I'm That's like, so funny. scares the crap out of me. I'm like, what do you want, bro? He's like, let's get up, mommy. I'm like, God, okay. <laughs> Be a little nicer next time. <laughs> literally. The I just hear the right smack. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. 
So today I'm covering The Watcher. If you guys know this case, it's pretty popular. Also, there's now a Netflix series based on the true story. So if you've seen it, this is the true story of The Watcher. That might be why it sounds familiar. Um, it kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. Or the, I might be the thinking Netflix of The series. Witcher. Yeah, that's another one that's pretty popular, mm-hmm. but this is The Watcher. Okay. Um, we're just gonna throw it back to June 2014. Okay. That was not that long ago. No, it really wasn't. Actually, actually it, was it was almost ten years one ago. more year and it'll be ten years ago, dude. That's crazy. Okay. Oh my gosh, we're getting old. <laughs> we're not even 25 yet. We're about to hit our peak, okay? We're about to hit 25 this year. A quarter of a century. Hell yeah. Another tangent. Let's keep going. So, today we're going to be talking about 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. Okay. You know where this is going? Have you heard about this? No. Okay. Westfield is supposed to be one of those towns where everyone's just so sweet and great. And like, you greet your neighbors, you bake them cookies, you bring it to their door, you stop unexpectedly. I live in a town like that. That type of thing. Well, maybe you don't want to hear this. Oh, God. It's 45 minutes from New York. But. Um, it was ranked the 99th richest city in America at one point. Okay. And the same year the Watcher was sending letters, it was ranked the 30th safest town in America. Okay. So, it's pretty safe. I mean, to be ranked the 30th yeah, yeah, safest yeah. town in America, that's that's pretty big. Coming from one of the unsafest towns, we live in. Well, we live the- close to one of the, like, we live close to Indy. Yeah, we live close to Indy. Yeah, so... And Indy is, like, very not safe. Yeah. Like, so it kind of, like, bleeds unsafe. to the towns around it, too. Yeah. In a way. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, Indy, Indianapolis, if you don't know what we're talking about. We just call it Indy here. I think we said that a million Indy. times. Yeah. Derek and Maria Brodus, I think is how you pronounce her last name, were interested in 657 Boulevard. Um, everybody wanted to live in this neighborhood, it was just a popular neighborhood. Everybody wanted to live on the street. Like, everybody was super nice. Like, this is a neighbor, one of the neighborhoods you wanted to be in. I mean, we have that around here, too. Like, every town, I feel like, has a neighborhood that's like, oh, that's such a nice neighborhood. Like, it yeah. would be great to live there. Mm-hmm. So, it was basically the same here. Derek grew up working, in, like, working class in Maine, then moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president with a salary large enough to afford the $1.3 million house. Okay. $1.3 million house, sorry. Okay. Maria was raised in Westfield, and the house was a few blocks from her childhood home. So it was nostalgic for her. It was going back to the same neighborhood that she grew up in, mm-hmm. and their kids could grow up in the same neighborhood that she grew up in. Okay. So I get that. Mm-hmm. Just after Derek celebrated his 40th birthday, they decided to buy 657 Boulevard. Okay. Their three kids were already debating which of the house's fireplaces Santa Claus would use. How cute is that? I think their kids were like 10, 6, 10, 7, and 5, or 10, 6, and 5. I don't remember exactly, but... It's starting to come to me. Derek, his wife Maria, and the three children closed on the home. Okay. Three days later, Derek got done with some painting he was doing... Um, I think it was, like, I'm not sure if it was painting the actual house or, like, painting a canvas. I think he was kind of, like, he liked to paint. Okay. I know his daughter painted, too. So, I'm, I, it wasn't really specific, but I think he was just painting on an easel. Okay. He decided to go check the mail. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, since they had just closed on the house three days before, there wasn't a whole lot of mail. There shouldn't mm-hmm. have been anyways. You don't really get ads right away. Yeah, in America, we get ads in the mail and you can't unsubscribe. Yeah, it's the most annoying thing because it literally goes straight in the trash. And it weighs so much paper. Mm-hmm. Anywho, there were some bills in the mailbox and a white-shaped envelope and it had thick black lettering on it. Okay. On the envelope, it was addressed to the new owner. Okay. It said the new owner? Yeah. Okay. The note started out pretty nice, saying, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. It t- But, like, it took a turn pretty quickly, because it said, how did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? Interesting. So, at this point, you're, like, reading it, and you're like, what do you mean? It's force within. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Is it Star Wars? Yeah. Like, Use the force. Yeah. I don't know much about Star Wars, but. My brother is named after Star Wars, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> it continued on saying 657 Boulevard had been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Um, Then it kind of talks about, he says, are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Oh. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. And it was signed, The Watcher. What the fuck? Have you heard of this? I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's ringing a bell. It's pretty popular. I don't know exactly what happens mm-hmm. as of right now, but it does sound familiar, yes. Oh, also, before I continue, I wanted to mention this is probably going to be like a two-parter. Okay. This is going to be the first part, and there's going to be another part, because it was a lot of information. Okay. They have a lot more information now than what they did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. A lot more stuff has happened, so I kind of want to, like, give a lot of updated stuff. Mm-hmm. This envelope had no return address whatsoever obviously if you're writing a letter like this you probably don't want to put a return address on it right and at this point it was after 10 p.m derek was frantically running around his home shutting all the lights off Mm -hmm. all the windows like did not want anybody seeing him he called the westfield police and an officer came to the house he let the officer read the letter the officer read it and literally said what the fuck damn as i would too the officer starts asking Derek if he had any enemies. Is there anyone that he knew would want to threaten him or hurt his family? Um, Derek didn't, couldn't really think of anything. There was a piece of construction equipment on the back porch, and the officer also rec- 
recommended moving that in case the person writing the letters tried to throw it in their back window and break in or something. Hmm. Derek's wife and kids were actually still living at their old home at the time. It was also in Westfield, just not in this neighborhood. Maria and Derek decide to send an email to the old house owners because they're like, what did, the fuck? Did this happen to you? Or yeah. You know? And if you remember from the letter, it said, "I oh, I didn't read this part in the letter. I don't think it was in the part I read. I asked the Woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. The mm. Woodses are the people that owned the house before. Oh, okay. So the letter was saying, yeah, he asked that family to sell it to someone who has kids. kids. Yeah. The email that they sent was asking if they had any idea who the watcher could be, considering, like, they added something about them. Mm-hmm. Anybody that they might know or could think of. And Andrea, the old owner of the home, and her husband, um, also owned the home. They owned it together. She replied the next morning, and she said a few days before moving out, they also received a letter from the watcher. Interesting. The note had been odd, and also mentioned the watcher's family observing the house over time. And it also said, like, thank you for caring for the house and this and that. Because the watcher supposed to make sure people are caring for the house okay andrea also said that in the 23 years that her and her husband had lived there that was the first time they had ever received anything like that hmm. so just like randomly and it was right before they moved out mm-hmm. hmm. they just threw the letter out because they weren't thinking really anything of it they were just like maybe a okay prank, weird you know, yeah whatever. like it was just one letter, you know, it didn't, it wasn't threatening, it was saying thank you for caring for the house, like, blah, 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 like, he didn't really go into all detail like he did, I think, with the, the Brodus. Or, like, family. you know, maybe it was just a neighbor that had mm-hmm. lived there and was, like, you know, sad to see you go. Yeah, You know, right. you did great with the house, whatever. It was just kind of odd to them, obviously. Right, yeah. The next day, Andrea, her husband, Maria, and Derek went to the police station to report the letters, because they're like, oh, you got one too? So weird. Mm -hmm. The detective, Leonard Lugo, told her not to tell anyone about the letters and told the families not to tell anyone about the letters, including to her new neighbors, because they're like, we don't know any suspects. At this point, everyone is a suspect. Okay, that makes sense. You know, like, don't tell anyone. That makes sense. Right. Maybe somebody else Trying to keep it close to the chest. Yeah. Right. Just like they always do. Mm -hmm. So at this point, they're scared shitless, rightly so. Yeah. Derek canceled a work trip. Maria was watching the kids like a hawk. And every time they wandered too far into the corner of the yard, she would yell their names and bring them back up. Mm-hmm. She was absolutely terrified someone was watching her Oh, yeah, her I would be too. Um, Derek actually gave a tour of the home to a young couple that also lived on their block. Because at this point, it was getting a bunch of renovations done and whatnot. He just wanted to kind of show it off. Like, this is my house. Look at all the cool stuff I've done. Like, I renovated it completely. Like, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to do that if they just yeah. recently renovated their home, they're trying to find new friends, you know what I mean? And like, if, like, the house had been there for a long time and, like, the neighbors have lived there for a long time, I'm sure they've seen, you know, all the equipment and noticed the changes. Right, so right. he probably was like, you know, maybe they were interested in seeing the difference mm-hmm. of the house and he, right. you know, like you said, wanted to show it off. So as Derek is giving this tour of all the renovations, the wife of the couple that was... Sh- like uh-huh. seeing the home said it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood oh 
This, That's a like, weird choice of words. Freaked Derek out. Like he turned yeah. pale. I'd be like, get he the got fuck out of my chills. house right now. He's like, what? What the fuck did you just say to me? But everything goes on as normal. Finishes the tour. Leads him out. Don't know if he ever really talks to him again. Doesn't want to seem too worked up. Right, about because it. again, nobody is supposed to know about these letters. But that's just an interesting choice of words. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that is kind of a common saying. Yeah, I feel like, like young blood. Like you're yeah. young blood. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're younger and whatnot. So. Yeah. And the kids too. Like maybe there weren't as many kids in the neighborhood because these families have gotten older. Mm-hmm. Their kids moved out. They moved on. You know, right. there aren't as many kids playing around in the neighborhood. Like right. they could have just meant it unintentionally. Yeah. The general contractor of the house had put an advertising sign in the yard while they were working on it, right? And mm-hmm. when he went back the next morning, it was torn out of the ground and, like, laying on the ground. This sign was heavy. He, like, hammered this sign into yeah. the ground. Mm-hmm. And somebody came by and tore it out. So they thought, is that the watcher? Yeah. Two weeks later, after the first letter arrived, Maria stopped by the house to go over some paint samples. And, again, she checked them in. I have a feeling y'all know what this, where this is going. Like, mm-hmm. she pulled out an envelope and it had thick black lettering on it. Mm-hmm. It was addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Braddis because they, he actually misspelled their name, mm-hmm. the watcher. Yeah. Um, it's Brodus, I'm pretty sure. Maria immediately called the police because she's like, For I'm sure. not fucking with this. Yeah, I know. Um, this letter basically boasted about how much the Watcher had learned about the family in the short amount of time that they had been renovating and been there. Hmm. He said he knew the three kids by birth order. He knew their nicknames. Hmm. Quote, I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought it brought to me. You certainly say their names a lot. Or often, sorry. Well, if she's, like, calling their names in the Because yard. they're going too far in the yard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I yell my name, my kids' names at them. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's not surprising if he's watching them. Mm-hmm. He also pointed to one of the children directly and said, is she the artist in the family? He had seen her painting on an easel inside their closed porch. Oh. Uh, the rest of the letter went on to say, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement, or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Oh. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession, and now you are too, Braddis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Isn't that creepy? That's terrifying. When the Woodses actually put the house on the market, they had multiple offers asking 
above asking price. <laughs> I always read things backwards. It's okay. So this got Derek and Maria thinking, hmm, maybe it was someone upset that they didn't get the home. Like, mm-hmm. we offered, we got it, and they didn't. But the Woods' family, what they said next, <laughs> kind of, like, made me get chills because I was like, what the fuck? That's so true. They basically said, since the watcher mentioned not only the contractor trucks, but the children as well, would that mean it may be someone living in the neighborhood? Mm someone close by their home yeah how would they know everything that's Always going on there. how would they hear the children's names yeah. how would they know what their names were that's maria and Derek. right somebody who's like literally always there mm-hmm. always close yep if it was a neighbor they could easily like leave their windows open mm-hmm. and just like listen from inside their house yep you know that's terrifying the letters were processed by the nearby postal distribution center so it was someone close okay or i mean unless they just dropped it off at that one but so they're being sent through the mail they're not like Mm -hmm. personally dropping them off okay on top of that the first letter was postmarked on june 4th and that means it was sent before the sale was even public Mm. so how would they know that that family bought the home before it was public mm-hmm. interesting unless they were close by um, yeah uh, or they were a previous or you know somebody who didn't get approved mm-hmm. but i feel like it would have to be someone that was close by for them to know that they had children yeah it was in the first letter he was talking yeah. about children and can see you know in their windows and mm-hmm. see the you know the daughter painting and stuff yeah interesting i think that was the second letter yeah yeah well yeah but the first letter i mean like already mentioned children Mm -hmm. also andrea and her husband hadn't even put up a for sale sign in front of their home at all Hmm. so So, nobody would have known that it was for sale Mm -mm. the contractors arrived the next day after the house was sold yeah Hmm. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you it's okay i was just gonna say unless it's a neighbor yeah Other neighbors said they didn't even hear any type of crazy construction noises coming from the property because majority of the renovations were being done inside. Mm -hmm. So really, only the construction trucks were parked outside. They took everything in in the morning, Mm -hmm. probably. They were working inside. Inside. So like, unless you were up in the morning coming by the house, how would you know? Right. Hmm. Detective Lugo came by to check out the home. Derek and Maria showed him where the easel was on the porch, and they all kind of had a realization that it was hidden by vegetation from the street. So, so the watcher close. has to be someone living next door or behind them. Okay. Because how would they see her painting on the easel if you can't see it from the street? Right. He mm. drives by multiple times a day. He goes by multiple times a day. He does he? be able to see it from the street. Does he? Or does he live close by? True. True. Okay. Or he's, like, sleuthing around in, like, bushes. Mm-hmm. At one point, Derek was chatting with John Schmidt, who lived toward two doors down from them. And then John had told them, told him about the Langfords, who lived between them. Okay. Between their houses. Peggy Langford was in her 90s, and several of her adult children, all in their 60s, lived with her. Okay. The family was a bit odd, but schmidt said they were basically harmless okay he didn't really think they had anything to do with anything but 
Again, I don't know if he knew about the letters. I think he may have just been talking about the family unintentionally. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is who lives here and blah, blah, blah. Like, they're a little weird, but, like, they're okay. They're yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they've never really caused anything in the neighborhood. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, we do that in, like, our neighborhood when we mm-hmm. first started, like, socializing with our neighbors and stuff. Yeah. We would be like, oh, who lives in this house? And, mm-hmm. like, you know, our neighbors would be like, oh, like, so-and-so lives here. And, like, these people in this house are kind of rowdy, but, mm-hmm. like these people over here you never see them they're quiet you know like yeah you just do that yeah it's funny um the only person that we really socialize with neighbor wise we live in a duplex so the person that lives on the other side and she's an older woman but she literally tells our landlord like you would never know that we lived here because austin and i are absolutely so quiet yeah like you would never know that a young couple live next door mm-hmm. isn't that so hilarious that's funny yeah so Except for when my kids are over and then they're loud. No. Also, we have garages in between our duplex. That helps with the sound. Yeah. Like, if our living room is up against her living room, I feel like it would be different. But yeah. But since we have garages in between, that definitely helps. For sure. Like, I can hear her if she's in the garage and I'm in the garage, but I don't care. Like, she's super nice. But, so. like, what are you doing on the garage? Yeah. Like and then we know, the like, the people that are across the street because we've gotten their mail multiple times and we've had to take it over there. Austin's introduced himself, so okay. they kind of know that a young couple lives here. Mm-hmm. So, other than that, we don't really socialize. It's just like a neighborly thing. Yeah. To like know who you live around. Right. He described one of the younger Langfords, Michael, who didn't work and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway as kind of a Boo Radley character. And I don't know if you've ever read that book. No. It's good. I, Wait, I, what uh, book? That name sounds familiar. It's To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a good book. Yeah, I was going to say. But everybody blamed Boo Radley because he was odd and weird. He was the one that stood out. Yeah. 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 Anyways. I was going to say Boo Radley. I know that name. Mm-hmm. But it's been forever since I've read To yeah. Kill a Mockingbird. Derek thought that the case was solved at this point. He's like, oh. This is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is who it is. Because the Langford, Langford house was right next to the easel on the porch. Okay. They would definitely see the easel. Easy So Derek's access. like, mm-hmm. this is it. Also, the family had lived there since the 1960s. When the watcher's father, the letter said, had begun observing 657 Boulevard. Richard Langford, the family patriarch, had died 12 years earlier, and the current watcher claimed to have been on the job for the better part of two decades. Okay. So, it's seeming plausible. Yeah. When the Brodises told Lugo about the family, he said, I already know. And a week after the first letter arrived, he brought Michael Langford to police headquarters for an interview. So, he already had suspicions of him. Yep. Again, a Boo Radley character. Right. Michael denied knowing anything about the letters when he was brought in for questioning, so there wasn't much hard evidence. Can't really prove anything. It was just sent in the mail. Yeah. Right. After a few weeks, the police chief told the Brodices that there wasn't much the department could do at this point. What are we supposed to do? Yeah, it's hard to... It's a letter. I mean, it's hard to prove anything, especially if they're, like, dropping it at, like, the post office. You can't, like, track where it comes from. Well, then there's going to be fingerprints on it, on top of fingerprints, on top of fingerprints. Right. Because it's getting handed between so many people, too. Right. So it's going to be hard to get an actual good fingerprint and -hmm. find out who's sending the letter. Mm Mm-hmm. This is someone who threatened my kids, and the police are saying, probably nothing's going to happen, Derek said. Probably isn't good enough for me. 
After the second letter, Derek told the cops that if they didn't take care of the situation, they would have a different kind of case on their hands. I mean, if somebody's threatening my kids and you're not doing anything about it, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to do everything in my power. To figure it out. To figure it out and to protect my kids, no matter what it might be. Mm -hmm. And a different kind of case, exactly. If you want to, if if I have to defend myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, somebody ends up dead, because you guys didn't take this seriously. Yeah. I think that's what he means. Like a different kind of situation. Right. A different kind of case. At this point, Derek and Maria began their own investigation. I would too. Derek set up webcams and he actually spent, spent nights crouched in the dark. Mm-hmm. Watching to see if anyone was watching the house at close range. Yeah. Derek had a map displaying when each of 657's neighbors had moved in. And the Langfords were the only ones there since the 60s. Okay. With overlays marking possible sight lines for the easel and a circle for approximate range of earshot to estimate who might have heard Maria yelling their kids' names. Okay. So he he's, he's doing it becoming all. obsessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, maybe, hear me out, that somebody was framing the Langfords because they know that they're the odd one in the neighborhood. That could be true. That could be true. Only a few homes fit both criteria of just like you know hearing the kids being able to see the easel mm-hmm. they employed a private investigator they staked out the neighborhood and ran background checks on the langfords but nothing was really found mm-hmm. derek reached out to a former fbi agent who served as inspiration for Clarice starling in the silence of the lambs mm-hmm. And they also hired Robert Linehan, another former FBI agent, to conduct a threat assessment. Just to see, like, alright, what is the threat, really? Because obviously mm-hmm. they're paranoid, they think somebody's watching them. Is it really that big of a threat, or is someone just playing with them to right. watch them squirm to get off on that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Linehan recognized several old-fashioned ticks in the letters that pointed to an older writer. The envelope was addressed to M slash M Braddis. The salutations included the day's weather, warm and humid, sunny and cool for a summer day, and the sentences had double spaces between them. Okay. The letters had a certain literary panache, which suggested a voracious reader and a surprising lack of profanity given the level of anger, which Linehan thought meant a less macho writer. Okay. And then he also wondered whether The Watcher had seen The Watcher, starring Keanu Reeves as a serial killer who stalks the detective trying to catch him. Okay, interesting. So, just kind of quite a few theories there. A couple different things, yeah. Linehan didn't think The Watcher was likely to act on the threats. So, he's like, threat assessment? Mm, You know, maybe not too bad. Mm -hmm. The letters did have typos, though, and errors that did imply like erraticism so this person was just erratically writing this letter like Mm -hmm. there was also a seething anger directed at the wealthy in particular okay so maybe they just singled out this family yeah because the watcher did say are you one of those hoboken transplants who are ruining westfield Mm. and there's another quote from the letters the house is crying from all of the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. 
the 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father, but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Pause. So you're telling me that was in the letter. Mm-hmm. And they still don't think it was the neighbor. I know, the, pa- the part about where the father died. And since the 1960s, the 1960s were a good mm-hmm. time, ran from room to room, imagining the life was Maybe where- one of his friends lived there. Yeah. And that's when he got to run in 657 Boulevard. Mm. And they still don't think it's him. Nope. Well, they don't really have any hard evidence. It's not that they don't think it's him, mm. but that they just don't have the they evidence to it. say, like, we'll hold you in custody or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Linehan recommended looking into former housekeepers or the housekeeper's children because if housekeepers lived there, their children would run the halls, right? Mm-hmm. And then Linehan maybe even thought that the watcher was jealous that the Brodises had bought a home that maybe this writer couldn't afford. I mean, okay. but they lived in the same neighborhood, but yeah. maybe their house wasn't as elegant. Maybe it wasn't as nice. I mean, yeah. Derek and Maria were completely remodeling this home. Yeah. You know what I mean? So It seems like they have, you know, a decent amount of funds. If I were them, I would be doing all the things. And it, I mean, it sounds like he is. Mm-hmm. I'd be, like, putting cameras at every corner of the house, putting up privacy fences. I mean, right. doing all the things. And it sounds Again, like that's what he's doing. But here's the thing. If the letters are being sent through the mail, nobody's ever coming to the mailbox. Mm -hmm. If the person lives close by, they can just see what's going on from their home. They wouldn't Mm -hmm. even be walking by. Cameras would never catch anyone. Well, I mean, like, in between the houses. Right. So they couldn't see in anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they also have a second story in an attic. Mm. So it's like, get some curtains? Yeah, like... (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to victim blame. I'm just saying... No, I don't yeah. even like looking outside at night, so I do yeah, have no. curtains, and I don't want anyone to see me. For sure. The focus remained on Michael and the Langfords. Like, they're like, okay, this letter, I mean... It's pretty spot on. Right. I think. In cooperation with Westfield Police, Derek and Maria sent letter sent a letter to the Langfords, and this letter had details about tearing down the house. They were trying to get, like, a response for them, uh, mm-hmm. from them. God, why am I tripping over my words so bad? It's okay. They were trying to get a response from them because they're like, well, if they're the person that's writing these letters and we say we're going to tear the house down, we'll definitely get a letter from the watcher, mm-hmm. right? Detective Lugo brought Michael Langford in for a second interview. It didn't do anything. And okay. his sister, Abby, accused the police at this point of harassing them. Because they had brought Michael in for questioning with no evidence. Right. They're like, oh, you're just picking on us because we're the odd family out. We're like at the lower end of, like, the Mm -hmm. whole neighborhood. Eventually, Derek and Maria hired Lee LeVette, a lawyer. And this lawyer met with several members of the Langford family, as well as their attorney, to show them the letters along with the photos explaining how their home was one of the few vantage points. They could see the easel, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. also could be an earshot. Mm-hmm. The meeting grew really tense. Like, they were arguing. They were kind of like, why are you still pinning this on us? We didn't really have anything to do with it. And insisted that Michael was innocent. Like, he did not do this, right? Okay. One night, 
Derek ended up having a dream in which he confronted Peggy, the eldest Langford, and demanded that she build an eight-foot fence between the properties. Okay. And I'm kind of like, why wouldn't you build one? Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Maria was having other kinds of dreams about the kids getting kidnapped. One night she woke up... I cannot talk. Sorry. (laughs) One night, she woke up to an especially vivid dream about a man who lived nearby. Quote, he was wearing these boots and carrying a pitchfork and calling to the kids, and I couldn't get to them in time. Mm, That's terrifying. She was absolutely paranoid. She thought anyone could be the watcher, and so doing daily tasks, you know, she was just, like, overwhelmed. Like... When it comes to, like, your own safety, you're already paranoid, but then when you have kids, it becomes a whole other level Mm -hmm. of paranoia. Oh, I bet. She probed the faces of shoppers at Trader Joe's to see if they looked strangely at any of the kids. She was Googling anyone who seemed even mildly suspicious. Mm -hmm. There were other reasons to consider some other suspects, right? Okay. The police spoke to Michael before the second letter was sent, which would make sending two more especially reckless. So if he was a letter writer, why would he continue to write letters? But... My theory is, like, he wanted the attention if he if it was him. He didn't care if he was being interviewed. He knew they didn't have any hard evidence, so why wouldn't he? Right. I don't That's know. That's just my kind of point of view. Yeah. I think, like... But may- again, I'm not a detective. So. Maybe if it was him and he, like, they started, like, getting on to him. And mm-hmm. maybe he got a little scared. But he did write two more letters. Oh, he did write two, le- yeah. two more letters. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's what maybe they're you're saying. right maybe he does like the attention that's what they're saying is like oh if it was him you he know would, you know back he would stop writing bit. letters but that's not necessarily the case yeah, because i see what you're saying now why wouldn't he if he knew he wasn't going to get caught right they don't have any evidence and he knows they don't have any evidence mm-hmm. so why would he stop exactly he's getting off on it i'm mm-hmm. convinced it's whoever him. it is i'm convinced it's him the Brodus or someone framing him say that the detective detective lugo told them oh you won't receive any more letters after i speak to michael but they did Why would detective s- was basically saying that he's going to scare michael into not sending any more letters but they still got more letters so okay and like that just goes back to you know both sides if it was him Mm-hmm. writing the letters mm-hmm. why would he stop because he knows he's getting away with it mm-hmm. if it wasn't him they would continue to get either way there's no reason to believe that the letters would stop yeah at at least from my point of view yeah i mean you can't okay so the detective is basically saying i'm gonna intimidate michael and he's not gonna send you any more letters if it's him because i'm gonna talk to him and i'm gonna scare him that bad but like maybe he's not scared of you because he's sending it through the mail so and he's not getting his hands anything. dirty. You don't have any evidence. And exactly. He knows that. He's only sending letters. He's not doing anything else. Yet. Yeah. He's not doing anything else, right? Like mm-hmm. he can, if he can hear from his home, if he can see from his home, he's not doing anything but watching. And even if, like, you know, the only way to prove that it's not him mm-hmm. would be to like detain him and like hold him, but you can't do that because they don't have any evidence against exactly. him. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, you cannot prove that it was 100% not him. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Right. Also. As of right now. 
they had the rest of the neighborhood to consider. Right. It's not necessarily Michael, just because he lives next door. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like you couldn't see the easel from the street, but maybe if you were at the perfect angle, Mm -hmm. you might be able to see it. Like, if you're really far Mm -hmm. and you at the perfect angle, maybe you could see it. And if it's dark at night and you're, like, sleuthing around or whatever, Mm -hmm. I mean... And he didn't have any cameras yet, but he did put up webcams, so he could see. Yeah. But the private investigator that they hired found two child sex offenders within a few blocks. Um... Bill Woodward, the Brodus's house painter, also noticed something strange. The couple behind 657 Boulevard kept a pair of lawn chairs strangely close to their property. And the painter said, One day I was looking out the window and I saw this older guy sitting in one of the chairs. He wasn't facing his house. He was facing Derek and Maria's. So this is behind the house behind them. Yeah, and they're at their house in their backyard mm-hmm. facing their backyard, right? But they're also facing towards Derek and Maria's home. I don't think that's necessarily suspicious. I don't either. Okay, like when I sit on my back porch, You're I look in out. my backyard. But I also don't have anyone in my backyard. Right. I don't, there's, ho- there isn't a house for miles. Right. right? There's just cornfields. So, but even when I lived in the city... Just because I faced someone else's home didn't mean I was watching them. Yeah. We have, like, neighbors behind us. Mm-hmm. Now, th- we have, like, a fence back there, so we can't see anything. Right. But, like, if that fence wasn't there, we would definitely be facing their mm-hmm. backyard. So, if, like, they're out there, we would see them. Right. So, it's just, like, I just don't think it's that weird. Right. By the end of 2014, the investigation basically basically had stalled. The watcher left no digital trail, no fingerprints, and there was no way to place someone at the scene. So, the the letters were mailed. Right. Um, the letters could be read closely for possible clues, or they could be dismissed as just ramblings. Like, mm-hmm. you never know. This person, they said this person was writing erratically. Were they lying? Mm-hmm. You know, were they framing Michael? There's so many different options. Mm-hmm. It was like trying to find a needle in a haystack, said Scott Kraus, who helped investigate the case for the Union County Prosecutor's Office. In December, the Westfield Police told the Brotuses they had run out of options. So, Derek ended up showing these letters to his priest, who agreed to bless the home. Okay. The renovations to 657 Boulevard were finished within a few months, and this also included a new alarm system. I don't really know what blessing the home was going to do. But I'm not really sure. Okay. But who That's knows? That's just kind of weird. I mean, well, maybe they're just thinking of anything they can do. The letter said with the, for- the force within, oh, the force like, with- yeah. there was other things that indicated, like... Maybe there was something mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Derek and Maria are obviously terrified about moving into their home. Mm-hmm. They're being watched, and they don't even live there yet. Right. They were just having renovations done. Derek looked up. German shepherds that were trained. He also posted a job on a website for military veterans, and he said, "All you have to do is work out in the backyard every day, like a like a um, basically like a security guard. Security guard, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it came down to what are you willing to risk?" Maria said, "We weren't going to put our kids in harm's way." Derek had been responding to occasional alarms at the home. 
And sometimes these were in the middle of the night and he brought a knife with him just in case. Yeah. Um, the painter that we had spoke about earlier that said he saw the two people facing Derek and Maria's home uh-huh. said that Derek and Maria were so joyous about their new home and then within days petrified yeah scared out of their minds like who wouldn't be he said he was a stranger to them but maria was crying and shaking in his arms like Mm -hmm. they were absolutely terrified yeah the watcher seemed to be getting more and more unhinged at this point he's not getting caught so he's sending more letters 657 boulevard is turning on me it is coming after me I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass, and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Weird. So this is just like frantic writing. Yeah. Like what What does it mean? Like he's having I a am in charge break. of it and it's not in charge of me. Yeah. What spell did you cast on it? It will not punish me. I will rise again. He's, they, I'm not going to assume is their gender, but they're having a mental break. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Derek and Maria sold their own home, and they ended up moving in with Maria's parents and kept paying the mortgage and the property taxes on 657 Boulevard. Okay. Because at this point, they don't want to sell it to someone right now, you know? With like everything that's going on. Yeah. And but they also don't want to be there. And they also, yeah, they don't want to be there. I almost said, and they also don't want to sell it. I just said that. Yeah. Derek said, I had to do things like shovel the driveway. Just picture that little indignity. I'd go at five in the morning, then come back and do it again at my in-laws. So he's just like out in the open, unfortunately. Yeah. And then he'd go back and live with Maria's parents. Like this is supposed to be his home Mm -hmm. and he can't even live there. Right. They only told a handful of friends about the letters. Um, People obviously kept asking, like, why aren't you moving into your new home, your newly renovated home at that, that you just spent $1.3 million on, plus renovations. Right. And they just told people legal issues. I mean, that's not wrong. Other people started rumors like, are you guys getting divorced? Is that why you're not moving in? People are nosy. I know. (laughs) They fought constantly, started... um, taking medication to fall asleep because they're so paranoid Mm -hmm. derek said i was a depressed wreck i mean who wouldn't be yeah maria ended up seeing a therapist after a routine doctor's visit said oh that began with the question how are you caused her to absolutely burst into sobbing and tears that always makes me burst into tears or like are you okay yep instant crying sorry because if i see that she's upset i'm like are you okay and she's like <laughs> and then she's like shit. she needs a minute then she tells me what's going on I'm anyways like, just let me cry for a second yeah Collect i'm the myself. same way because if somebody looks at me especially someone that like is close to me and they're like are you okay i'm like no no i'm not the therapist said that maria was suffering from ptsd that wouldn't go away until they got rid of the house completely mm-hmm. Then she would feel safe again. Mm-hmm. Six months after the letters arrived, Derek and Maria 
decided to sell 657 Boulevard, but they initially listed it for more than they paid to reflect the renovations they'd done right, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, the rumors started to spread, because they never moved in. Okay. Okay, and maybe it was something where they just wanted to buy the house, renovate it, and then sell it. People Mm -hmm. do that all the time. One broker emailed to say her client loved the home, but that there are so many unsubstantiated rumors flying around, ranging from sexual predator to stalker, and that they needed to know more. I would just, I would just tell him, you know, we bought the house and decided that it wasn't for us, so we, you know, renovated it and right. sold it. I mean, Derek and Maria sent a partial disclosure disclosure mentioning the letters to interested buyers and told coldwell banker their realtor that they intended to show the full letters to anyone whose offer was accepted they were not putting these letters out there unless you bought this home yeah well unless yeah they were willing to offer accept your offer you know what i mean because they don't want again they don't want these letters spread out everywhere Mm -hmm. i mean you can't even find the full letters. Like, you can find snippets, but it's not the full thing. Right. Also, they didn't want people, like, taking advantage of them showing the letters so they could release it. Right. So, For everybody to know. Mm-hmm. Um, several preliminary bids came in, but they were well below the asking price. Mm. So, these people are trying to take advantage of the rumors. Mm-hmm. Derek and Maria, they're like, Mm-mm. we just paid 1.3 mil and we renovated this home. We know what it's worth. Yeah. And we only want to share the letters with people that are actually going to buy. Mm-hmm. Like, that are most likely to buy. Yeah. Then we'll disclose the information. Mm-hmm. No one got that far to even get the letters or anything, even after they lowered the price at that point. They're like, we're not taking that much of a hit. Because mm-hmm. people were not sending in. They were lowballing them, so they d- they haven't even been able to show anyone the letters at this point. Mm-hmm. A Coldwell agent who hadn't read the letters told them in an email that they were being unnecessarily forthcoming. Quote, my friend got horrible threatening letters about her dog barking, and she didn't think to disclose. But Derek and Maria insisted, like, no, we want to show the letters to whoever is actually going to buy, mm-hmm. because we want people to know. Quote, I don't know how you lived through what we did and think you could do it to somebody else. That's yeah. what Derek said. Yeah. Which, completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Derek and Maria thought about what they would have done had the previous owners told them about the letter from the watcher. So they're like, why didn't they tell us? Right. The Woodses were both retired scientists. They told Derek and Maria that they remembered the letter they received as more strange than threatening and it, like I said before, it basically thanked them for taking care of 657 Boulevard. Mm-hmm. They said they never had any issues, and they certainly never felt watched. Hmm. They rarely even locked their doors. Because, again, this is, like, the 30th safest town in America. Right. And it's a rich part of, like, it's a rich town. Everybody has money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In this neighborhood, at least. Yeah. So, uh, still, to me, even if, even though I live out here in the country and I personally know that no one's going to come in my door, like, I've left my door unlocked before on accident, I'm going to still lock my door. Yeah, I, st- I still make sure my shit's locked. No. All the time. No, no, no. no, no. thank you. I'm not, not doing taking that. any chances. No, because, because in, 
sorry. Go were ahead. you going to say the same thing I I'm going to say? I think we were going to say the same thing. even in the quietest, safest towns in the world... That's not what I was going to say. Somebody still gets murdered. I was going to say, there was... Uh, I watched... I don't know if it was a morbid episode or what, but they were talking about a serial killer that said... That if oh, yeah. a window was left unlocked or a door was left unlocked, that it was inviting them into the house. Mm-hmm. And so they would just go in and murder the people. I know, they you would, always like, tell me that. I'm like, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Right. That's terrifying. So Derek and Maria felt the name, the Watcher, was ominous enough to merit mentioning to them that they had gotten the letter. Yeah. And on June 2nd, 2015... A year after buying 657 Boulevard, they filed a legal complaint against the Woodses, arguing that the Woodses should have disclosed the letter just that they hadn't the fact that water sometimes got in the basement. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you're getting a weird letter. We should know. Just like we should know about the flooding in the basement. Because they they didn't disclose their letter. And then now they're getting backlash because they're not disclosing the letters that they're getting. Right, which they're planning to, what, but the right. Woodses never did. Right, exactly. Which they should have said, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you got like a weird letter a couple of days ago. I just want to give you a heads up. Yeah. And then they would have been like, okay, so now we know what to expect. Right. If something like that happens. Right. And then they mm-hmm. would have already known that they had gotten a letter. They wouldn't have had to go through all this crap with emailing them, going to the police station. Mm-hmm. After, like, the email and everything. I mean, they still would have had to go to the yeah. police station. But you get what I'm saying. Derek and Maria hoped to reach a quiet settlement. They really didn't want to take them to court or anything. So, mm-hmm. um, Derek and Maria's children still did not know about the Watcher. They didn't tell them. Like, that would kind of scare them, yeah. I think. And their lawyer assured them that, at most, a small legal newswire might pick up the story. So, nothing crazy. Okay. We do some creepy stories, Tamron Hall said on the Today Show a few weeks later. This might be top ten creepy. A local reporter had found the complaint, which included snippets of the Watcher's menacing threats, and after a belated attempt by Derek and Maria to seal it, the story blew up and it went viral. Of course it did. News trucks camped out at 657 Boulevard, and one local reporter set up a lawn chair to conduct his own watch. So now they're being wa- the house is being watched even more. Yeah. And all they want. And imagine being Derek and Maria. And the house is surrounded with all these news reporters. They can't be on the lawn. They have to be on the sidewalk or in the street. But imagine going to your mailbox and pulling out the mail. And you have another letter from the watcher and all the news reporters are there. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're literally capturing that. That moment. That moment of you being absolutely petrified, terrified, shitting your pants, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Derek and Maria got more than 300 media requests, but with advice from a crisis management consultant referred by one of Derek's colleagues, they didn't speak publicly to spare their kids all the attention. Yeah. Like, obviously the kids are noticing the people. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, what's going on? Yeah. They left Westfield and went to a friend's beach house to try and relax. Derek and Maria sat down with their children to finally explain the real reason that they hadn't moved into their home. Because the kids, you know, they're like, yay, we're getting a new house, we're going to so move nice. in, it's so nice, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, nope, we're not moving in. They're probably heartbroken. Yeah, so the kids obviously need, like, a good reason why. hmm Because you don't want to tell kids, like, 
because I said so. Right. Personally, that's just not what I... Yeah. Obviously, a toddler is going to keep saying, why? Why? Mm-hmm. And eventually, you want to just be like, because I said so. Some things you can explain. Some yes. things are just because I said so. Some things are also just too... Complicated. Complicated and too above their age range. That right. They don't need explained, I feel. Right. I don't have kids, but this is just me personally about... Oh, yeah reading like obviously my little brothers like i helped raise them and whatnot and i tried to explain things to them but just sometimes you just can't toddlers don't care (laughs) they don't no so like i said they were gonna sit them down explain to them the kids obviously had lots of questions they're like who is the watcher like where do they live Mm -hmm. why are they angry with us i don't really understand Derek and maria had very few answers obviously they didn't even know if Which they is knew scary. they wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. Can you imagine having that conversation with a five-year-old? Derek told me, your town isn't as safe as you think it is, and there's a boogeyman obsessed with you. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're ending today's part one. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. That is terrifying. Oh, 100%. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, I couldn't imagine, like, being in their situation. Yeah, it's scary. Like, having somebody constantly watch you. Yeah. Like, I think somebody's watching me when the blinds are open. Yeah. And nobody's even out there. No. There's cornfields it's for miles. Field. Literally. I think somebody, listen, I, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, mm-hmm. but like at night when I'm laying in bed, you're going to think this is so irrational and funny. I'm home all day with my kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't leave my house during the day. Right. And so I know, like, it's just me and the kids and Logan there. Mm-hmm. But like when I'm laying in bed mm-hmm. by myself, Sometimes I'm convinced. I know where this is going. I'm convinced because yep. I'm always the last person to sleep. I am convinced that there is a serial killer hiding in my closet waiting to kill me when I go to sleep. Should you continue to do true crime on this <laughs> fucking podcast, dude? So I lay there on my phone and I'm like, the reason they haven't killed me yet is because they know I'm still awake. They can see me through my closet doors. I'm on my phone. As soon as I put my phone down, they're coming out of the closet. They're going to slit my throat in my sleep. Kirsten. <laughs> how did they get in your home that's what i'm saying like i'm literally home all day long how and i told that with the doors locked yeah until logan gets home and then he locks the door behind himself listen i don't know Also, they would not be hiding in the closet while logan is laying in the bed i don't know right next to you i don't know know how much noise it's gonna make to try to get out of the closet out of your closet that's literally (laughs) right by my bed when you go to bed tonight just remember what i'm saying i know i I know these things do you have a tv in your room no oh i think that helps me because when the tv's on and the sound is up or like sometimes which we turn a timer on on the tv so it's off in like Mm -hmm. an hour but we also have a fan running and if we don't have the tv on we have rain sounds playing so you can't hear anything Mm -hmm. Which some people might argue, like, no, you need to hear, but no, I don't. No, I don't. Want no, to. I don't. Because I also. Th- sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, our dog and our cats are like out of our room, mm-hmm. and so when they like start making noise, mm-hmm. I know it's my cats. I know it's the dog. Dude, same. But my then I'm cats- like, somebody's in here. Somebody's out there. I know Dude, somebody's out my there. My cats will be running around chasing each other in the middle of the night, or when I'm in the shower. No, I'm bro. like, guys. No, bro. No. Anywho, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. It was a bit of a longer one. 
Yeah. It's like an hour long. I'm a little bit terrified now. Not gonna lie. You're fine. Anywho. Um. <laughs> um. Go check out our socials. Link in the show notes. Go check out our Patreon. We are doing early release of our episodes. Um, you can get a shout out on the pod. You could join our Discord server that Kirsten set up. Round of applause for this beach right here. Thanks. I feel like a nerd. Cause no. I because I set up a whole <laughs> Discord server. You're fine. You are not a nerd. <laughs> and if you are, what does it matter? I was gonna say being a nerd's not necessarily a bad thing. I guess we are kind of considered nerds though. We read. Yeah, we do read. If you guys need any um, book suggestions, let us know because we have plenty. Yep. And um, <laughs> maybe we should put our actual handles in like the TCST pod. Yeah. Bio. Yeah. Anywho. If you guys want to follow our personal, yeah, yeah, our personal, you your know, girl right socials. here, don't be posting on no Instagram. I don't I'm a, post on Instagram. I'm a Facebook gal, but I'm not going to accept your friend request if I don't know you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I, my Facebook is only for like my personal family and friends, like, mm-hmm. and people that I know from school. Yeah. But if I don't know you, I'm not accepting that shit. Sorry. But you can follow her on the TikTok. Yeah. On the TikTok. Yeah, I haven't posted in so long on the TikTok. <laughs> on TikTok. On the TikTok. On the TikTok. I sound like a boomer. (laughs) Yeah. Anywho, thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. Oh, I was waiting for Kirsten to do hers. (laughs) Bye.